Bragg. I'm Matthew Bragg. And I'm Bunny Bragg. And we don't like to brag. But we get around. And just a note for any of our listeners, this is not always uh, safe for young ears, so listener discretion is advised. Hey, it's your business what you do with your own ears. So today we are talking about one of our most recent trips. Um, Actually, we just got back from it yesterday or late last night. Um, and Bunny, would you like to tell everyone where we went? House on the Rock! House on the Rock! <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, uh, House on the Rock is just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, it's it's pretty impossible to describe. <laughs> <laughs> like a roadside attraction meets a museum, and they had a baby, and that baby may or may not be on cocaine. That's a pretty apt description, I think. Um, it's somewhere that, that I know I have wanted to go since I read Neil Gaiman's book, uh, American Gods, since a, a pretty climactic part of it takes place there. But I think you've wanted to be, you've wanted to visit it even longer, haven't you? Yeah, but uh, you actually read the book uh, American Gods way later, and I actually read it when it came out. And when I read it, I had no idea this place existed before that book um, and was like, oh my goodness, I have to go to this place. It sounds really bizarre. Um, I love the way that Neil Gaiman described it in the book itself and it just sounded crazy i had looked it up and i was like oh my goodness what in the world <laughs> and i've actually found out that not a lot of people even know this place even exists so it makes it even more fun yeah i think it's it's lack of of notoriety um it should be more well known it's definitely something that people should go see especially if you're into oddities or collecting or americana or anything like that this is really this is your mecca yeah i mean it's uh really interesting to go see just all of the the varied things that it has and uh judging by a lot of the like trip advisor reviews a lot of people go there not quite knowing exactly what it is they get it confused with frank lloyd wright um which he has absolutely nothing to do with the building of that house um, the house itself is actually amazing, and, you know, it's, it's part of the whole tour, but some people get kind of confused as to what it is. Yeah, so let's, let's start with um, this trip for us was always meant to just be House on the Rock. Yes. Um, so uh, we flew up um, directly into Madison. I hate flying so much. That was a very big thing for Bunny Bunny. You do not like heights. No, no. I don't mind heights. I can look up at things. I don't like depths. <laughs> Very true. So, flew into Madison, rental car. It's about an hour's drive to Dodgeville, um, which is where we stayed um, <laughs> in the most amazing hotel ever. Um, highly recommend if you are going to visit House on the Rock, you need to stay at this hotel. It's the Don Q Inn, and it has themed rooms. And an airplane out front. And you told me what type of airplane it is. You know, off the top of my head, I don't remember. It's an old, like, 1970s uh, cargo plane. This is important that you understand. We are talking airliner size airplane. This is not a little Cessna sitting in the front. This is get in there and (laughs) walk around inside of it airplane. You can't miss it. Yeah, that's how we actually uh, saw where our hotel was each time. Because if you're driving, you can see the uh, the tail kind of sticking out. Not toward the road, but, like, it's it's the only thing you kind of see sticking out there and it's not an updated hotel again with the reviews people go in i guess not knowing to what to expect 
So uh, it's not updated. That's part of the charm. We absolutely love the fact that it was stuck in like the 70s, 80s. Um. <laughs> yeah, built in 1974. Um, clean. Yeah. Very clean. Lovely people working there. Um, shout out to the amazing front desk girl. She gave us some great restaurant recommendations and was super friendly. The room was huge. Absolutely oh, huge. Yeah. I don't think I've ever stayed in a hotel room with that much floor space. And our favorite thing about the room was it had a huge shower in there with dual shower heads. So he and I can both shower at the same time. Yes. A bizarrely triangular <laughs> shower stall with two shower heads. It, it, it was... Let me put it this way. When we say that this place has themed rooms, we didn't stay in a themed room. But the theme rooms that you are all picturing right now, the 1970s cave theme and medieval theme Spaceship. and Moonlander theme, <laughs> yeah, those are exactly what they have there. So next time we go back, we're definitely getting one of those. Didn't find out, though, if the one, like, chapel-esque looking building you could stay in because if we're, we go back we're staying in there I don't care what I have to do that's where we're staying I don't care how much it costs well I do honestly care how much it costs but I will save up my pennies indeed indeed we <laughs> shall um, okay so we, we drove in we got to our room we checked in um, head back out uh, where did we go that first night for dinner Bob's uh, that's right, Bob's Bitchin' Barbecue <laughs> um, in uh, Dodgeville, which was good, excellent, really good root beer. Oh my god, I love the root beer so much. The sauces that went on, we had both had brisket, were so good. I really love the the Carolina uh, huh? sauce. Very, uh, very mustardy. I like the Carolina sauce. Indeed. And then the uh, rest of that night, we just went back, relaxed, yeah. prepared for what we knew was going to be a very big day the next day. Yes. So, the next day... We get up, we get dressed, <laughs> quite, quite stylish, I might add. Uh, Bunny, you looked fantastic. Um, and uh, headed over. So you want to tell everybody your first impression of getting to House on the Rock? Oh, we had breakfast first, though. Oh, you're right. We had breakfast first at Jimmy's, uh, which was a little diner there in Dodgeville. Mm-hmm. Um, very excellent. It was cute. And, uh, like, there weren't a lot of people there, so we got served pretty quickly. And then we, like, raced off to the House on the Rock. Yep, trying to get there right when they opened. Uh, when we got there, my first impression, like, because you see, I guess it's the gatehouse is the first one. Not the gatehouse, it's just the entrance um, is the first part. And you can't see any other part of it at all. There's the all the, the famous urns that they're known for with the dragons as you drive up the drive. Um, we parked, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm raring to go. <laughs> I'm like, I want to go, I want to go. Um, and we got inside, they had, like quiet elevator music playing and I went off to the bathroom um, and they had a bunch of uh, old silk geisha style dolls just hanging out in the bathroom in a case and I'm like okay cool good start good start um, so I wasn't had I had no expectations as far as what I was going to see judging on like the visitor center start yeah because it's important to note you you can't see the house from the road anymore nope. um, the the forest has grown up and and you can't see so you really have no idea you pull up to like a visitor center you walk in we bought our tickets in online in advance highly recommend that um and then you you head down this path to 
what they call the gatehouse. Oh, one thing I will note again, which I noticed a lot of the like TripAdvisor stuff, people saying that they didn't see anywhere that it says to get there before three o'clock. Three o'clock is the last time that they sell the tickets. It does actually say it everywhere you look and other people still would get there at three o'clock or after three o'clock and expect to go on the tours. You have to understand it takes like three hours or so almost to walk all of the, I don't know what to call them, exhibits or areas or zones. Um, and they close at, they start closing each area at four. Like they kind of go from the front to the back or the back of the front. They close the back area first. They close from the back to the front. Yeah. So like at four o'clock. So you get there and like you wouldn't be able to see anything. If you get there, like, after 3, and which is why, like, that's when they wanted to do their, like, you know, tickled sales end at 3 o'clock, because you can't see anything, and it's not worth your money, and they understand that, so just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, it's three sections, and it's one to two hours per section. At most. Yeah, well, at least. At least, sorry, yeah, Yeah. like, we we, we spent way longer in each section than they're, like how long did they say it takes? I mean, that's just if you just like breeze through and don't take pictures and stop. Like it's, this place is huge. So um, the first thing you come to is the gatehouse. Um, the, well, a little background. Alex Jordan is the guy who came up with the idea for House on the Rock. It was his house. It's his collection. Um, he built the house uh, starting in 19, 1959-ish, I believe. Uh, by 61, they were charging admission to come see it just because the architecture was cool. But that was just a yeah. house. Everybody's like, can we see your house, man? And he's like, yeah, I can charge people. <laughs> yeah. um, so the first thing you come to is the gatehouse, which is actually the second thing that he built. Um, but it's just a small house with a little bit of, of interesting, would you say, Asian flair? Uh, he really had a thing for Asian um, architecture and sculpture. And he, he really, really had a thing for Asian anything like it could be japanese could be chinese could be um korean any asian influence indian influence obviously since asian asian um so yeah it's it shows everywhere so it's probably best that we tie in we just say the gatehouse and and the original house are really that's all of zone one plus what they call the infinity room um do you want to tell people what you saw in well, we'll get to the infinity room, <laughs> but let's start with... Uh, you can't see, but I'm making a face at him. Yeah. Um, let's just start with what your impressions of, of Zone 1, the houses. I... It's... Okay, again, it this stuff's really difficult to describe, and even, like, pictures that you see online, they don't do it justice as far as, like, the scale and scope of the way the things inside are built, and, like, we walked in, and... Everything's built into the stone itself. Um, there's cozy little nooks everywhere you turn. There's gigantic fireplaces that I was so envious of. And like just the way he designed everything was just for like entertainment. Like he wanted to have people over and he wanted to relax. And like you could tell that he just, this was his cozy spot everywhere you turned. And it's like all of the windows were covered in this beautiful ornate carved shutters with blue lights behind them. If like they didn't go to the outside, um, it was well lit. At least I thought so in areas and other areas you can tell it was meant to be dark and cozy. And get just little lounge areas. I, I fell in love with the kitchen. It was such a cute little kitchen. The refrigerator was like totally retro. Um, I would have made myself at home in there. Um, just like there's a, like libraries on the stairs. Oh, we wanted to see 
what the bedrooms looked like so bad, but yeah. they're, you're not able to access them. Yeah, sadly, I, they're not part of the tour. I honestly, I don't know about you, but I was actually not expecting the scope of the building to be so big. Like, it was big. No, and I, I mean, I was aware that it was something that he had continually added onto and added onto, but I still... It was an impressive property in yeah. terms of the, the space, especially given how much of it is built into the living rock. Like, it, it really... Yeah, it, it was... I mean, you got into... There was a room that had a player piano in it, and you, you didn't notice it at first because it's a big enough room that it, the piano doesn't dominate the room. Oh, and that, I think that was the first one that we came in contact with that required tokens. Like, I would say, like, spend the money and get tokens. Um, because all of like the mechanized uh, instruments and things like that all require tokens. They have little dioramas that require tokens. We spent so much money on the tokens because we wanted to hear and see everything. But I think the player piano was the first token yep. required thing that we heard and Definitely. it was super fun. Yeah. I think it was playing Cole Porter. <laughs> I think so too, yeah, if I remember correctly. Um, let's misbehave if I remember, yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, so the house leads up to the infinity room, which clearly not your favorite part of the tour, but still impressive. No. But I'll, I'll say I'm impressed you did go out there despite your height misgivings. Okay, I, if we were going to go visit this place, I was going to do everything that I possibly could. Like, I, I held on to Matthew for dear life because I just, I do not like being up high. I don't like the fact that this is a cantilevered, bridge to literally nowhere and just the psychological idea of it being held on by nothing and just chilling out there i don't care the physics of the situation it's still terrifying to me but i'm like i'm going out there there is a little spot that has a window that you can look down and i'm like no no i didn't go that far but i did walk out on the bridge and then turned around and then let matthew go back on and take all of the pictures he wanted to take and and whatnot and just kind of stood near the there's a little hurdy-gurdy um right before the infinity bridge and i just hung out by the hurdy-gurdy listening to it it was uh, adorable and magical yeah i loved that because it just sounded like you thought it was just background music piping in from somewhere and then you round the corner and there's this picture frame on the wall and clearly a an opening it's framing an opening in the wall and there were like six instruments in there all auto playing a cool little jaunty tune it was super cute and super fun. So um, that pretty much covers zone one, or section one, excuse me. Because um, then it just led back into the house, I believe. Was the mill house part of section one, or was that part of section two? The mill house kicks off section two. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the house is its own very own section. Yes. And that's section one. Um, so then you re-enter the, the, the hub, as they call it, and you head into section two. Oh, with a really nice uh, gentleman sitting by the entrances letting us know which way to go. And he was very, very friendly and yeah. very informative. Indeed. Um, everyone we encountered was actually really awesome and really informative. Um, so into section two. And section two immediately changes things. <laughs> um, the building, again, was absolutely beautiful and, like, inlaid in the rock and whatnot and then like there's like this bizarre i say bizarre but just odd like it kind of went down and had this again huge fireplace um 
down at the bottom with a whole bunch of armor. You couldn't go down in that spot, and it looked like at one point you could, but they kind of blocked it off after that. And there's just a wall of, like, firearms, like, antique firearms on the one side. Mm-hmm. There's, like, one wall with a bunch of glass. and it's Taxidermy owls. Yeah, taxidermy owls. Like, and and just, when we say taxidermy owls, it's not, like, one or two. It's, like, <laughs> 15 taxidermy <laughs> owls. It's not a wall of one or two firearms. It's, like, a hundred. <laughs> It's not one suit of armor. It's five suits of armor. And there's a really, really big fireplace. And uh, you didn't have to go too far to find, like, what one of my favorite spots. <laughs> yeah. Because you pretty much go through the mill house, and the mill house opens into um, the streets of yesterday, which was one of your favorite spots. Why yes. don't you tell everyone what the streets of yesterday are and why you loved it so much. Okay, so you're just kind of wandering and looking around at this, like, cool, like, dusty-musty kind of stuff, and you walk around a darker corner and then walk around another darker corner, and all of a sudden, you're in a little town. And there's, like, shop fronts that you can see. Like, there's one selling women's clothing. There's a fire department. There's one selling clocks. And there's, like, a little house. And they're all, um, I think I introduced you to this term. They're they're bigotures. They're not miniatures. Like, they're not full-scale houses, but they're, like, not miniature. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, like, kind of three, they're like, three-quarter size. Yeah. And, like, there was just so much stuff, and it's, like, this is kind of where it meets, like, roadside attraction and museum together, because all of the stuff inside of the storefronts, oh, and the apothecary, they're all actual genuine antiques, just, like, arranged and and put in the storefronts, and it just, it's beautiful and really, really well done, and just looking around it's almost overwhelming just because it's so neat to me and Um, and very important to note because i'm not sure we did you round that corner you are still inside yeah (laughs) this entire little village is inside and dark like it's it's like it's nighttime in the village so everything's lit by like gas lamps and it just gives it this very cool feel of indoor outdoors and yeah it was astounding it was amazing they had the carriage maker and yeah. the taxidermy and the theater of oh, the theater we round the corner and there was a rope there and it's like you know the music of tomorrow or something like that or the magical musical stuff music of yesterday thank you and it was just this gigantic light bulb lit up theater looking thing and i'm like we can't go over there yeah, it was like was, a 1930s theater marquee yeah, basically very sad that we couldn't go over there until later on but um, we walked forward, and there was that gigantic steam engine oh, yeah. thing next to the Calliope. Yeah, that you it's a said, steam tractor. That you said it reminds you of what Iron Girder would look like yeah. in uh, Terry Pratchett. And then they had the big um, animatronic-ish Calliope kind of deal mm-hmm. there. It, it was huge. It was like a showboat kind of. Yeah organ i don't even know how to describe it. calliope it's a, it's a big like circus calliope basically it was ginormous and then that leads you into um the heritage of the sea oh geez yes i think when i rounded the corner the first thing i said was oh shit and yep. then continued oh shit huge 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 i think it actually probably was the size of an actual whale oh yeah it's it's well, tell them what it is when you say it's the size of an actual <laughs> whale. It was a whale the size of an actual whale. 
um, a big, I guess, diorama to scale almost with a, a giant squid wrestling a whale, killer whale meets blue whale meets ocean monster thing. <laughs> here be monsters. That at the edge of the map where it says here be monsters. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. And uh, five stories tall. Yeah. Also still indoors. Yes. Important to note. Still indoors and still terrifying. So we went all the way up and there are exhibits all the way up. As you walk, there's the ramp and it goes and it goes and goes. And um, a lot of uh, the other exhibits, like not including the main house, are um, wheelchair friendly and accessible. But there are also other parts that they wouldn't really be able to like the house itself they would not actually be able to make that like wheelchair accessible we'll kind of do um, some tips and tricks like that at the end of the yeah the podcast so hang in there we'll fill you in on that sort of thing um so we're spiraling our way up these display cases which again not your favorite thing <laughs> <laughs> because you're going higher and higher and higher up this cannot even begin to describe the scale of this whale statue sculpture <laughs> thing <laughs> Uh, but it's filled, all the cases have scrimshaw and model boats and artifacts from different sailing ships and battleships. And, like, it's it's well curated, but it's not super organized. Right, Would yeah. that be fair to say? Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason to any of it other than these are all ship-related things <laughs> or ocean-related things. Um, so, like, it, it was cool. Like, each time you'd, you'd turn the corner or, like, walk farther, it would be something different. Um, we got to farther up on the ramp, pretty high, and they had oh they have um, model ships in a lot of the uh, diorama areas. Um, and one was just sitting out a model of the Titanic, which you got some really amazing pictures of. Um, a ten had, foot long model yeah, of the yeah. Titanic. <laughs> yeah, just kind of chilling out there. It's like hey, as you do. You were super impressed by all the sailing ship models, like the sails. Oh my goodness, yeah. The sails on those were just like, I guess they looked like they were tea-dyed just to make them look weathered. And like all of the details on all of the ships were just absolutely amazing. Um, I think that he had a thing for miniatures um, because like practically like there's a couple of things that we noticed. Like there's always the, what was it, um, the bull or the bison? Bison. Like we always saw like almost everywhere. Um, the Red Lanterns yep, um, and models, like small scale models and tiny things. And yeah, there were boobs as well. Yeah, lots of boobs. So uh, <laughs> young eyes, maybe. <laughs> Not like porny, but like, um, you know, uh, what are they called on the front end of a ship? The, the bow of the ship? Yeah, you know, the, the oh, bar that goes there. I don't actually know what that actually okay. is called. It'll come back to us. But yeah, they had those there too. But like it's, Carvings, yeah. sculptures, things yeah. like that. Like there was no, there wasn't even really pinup art. It was just, you know, sculptures. And sometimes sculptures don't have clothes on. Yeah, nothing gratuitous. No, nothing, nothing lewd. Nothing lewd. Um, okay, so you move out of uh, the Heritage of the Sea. And then there's that one random room with the giant royal coach in it. Which it, is just there. It was there. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was just giant, there. No yeah. description, no nothing. It's just it's, hanging out. It's gorgeous, but it's just there. <laughs> um, and then past that, weirdly, the, the background music from the next room applies there. So you've got music from like the 50s playing in a room with a royal coach. Some doo-wop. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we heard the yeah. music and we're like, where are we going? Yeah. Uh, and that leads into a tribute to nostalgia, which you enter on the fourth floor uh, instead of a ground level. 
looking down into it. Do you want to tell everybody about? Because you loved this too. It was really cool. There were hot air balloons just hanging out. Like, just hanging out. <laughs> and you're looking down on a town. Again, indoor town. Um, and, like, there were paper... Uh, Paper airplanes, kites, paper lanterns, just hanging out, like stuff that you'd find in the air, I guess. Um, and just looking down on the area, like you could see like the ice cream shop, the camera shop and everything, but we, we saw it better when we got down. But there's, again, just cases as you walk around and walk down. You found uh, your new god. I did. <laughs> I did the, uh, the donut neon sign. Uh, it's going to be what I'm going to worship from here out. Um, just because he looked like he needs it. Uh, but yeah, this one had much more of a 40s, 50s feel as opposed to like the medieval village or colonial village that the, the first room had. Yeah. Um, and then as you spiraled down. I think the first one was like a little Victorian. It Victorian. Was like very, very Victorian. Okay. But uh, before we get into more of the descriptor of the down below on the floor, let's listen to some sponsors. Because stuff and things. Stuff and things. And we're back. We hope you enjoyed all those descriptors of stuff and things. I want to listen to, watch, buy, or get one of those stuff or things. <laughs> Make sure you let them know we sent you. <laughs> so we were talking about the tribute to Nostalgia Room. We were working our way down past uh, the display cases with model cars in them and um, a Rube Goldberg device of some sort uh, down to the ground floor, uh, which had uh, the camera shop in it and some cars. Uh, the camera shop, like, I actually was wondering, like, who has, like, the world's largest collection of anything, you know, as I was just looking at the amount of cameras, the antique cameras that they had there, I'm like, this is a huge collection of, like, it's quote-unquote, you know, camera shop, but it's, like, cameras, like, from when they were invented all the way till now, just chilling in the cases, looking all awesome. Yeah, there had to be a couple hundred cameras, at least few hundred cameras in that collection. It was really cool. There was the steampunk, or not steampunk, steam-powered hearse. Oh uh, my gosh, yes. I thought on the floor. I The old-fashioned coach hearses, which they had the, the, the horse-drawn coach uh, hearse there, which was painted all black, beautiful with the chandelier inside of it. And Matthew's like, turn around, there's one that's steam-powered. And I was like, ah, that's so cool. <laughs> so we took lots of pictures of that, of course. Indeed. And that rolled us right into um, perfect timing for lunch. Yeah, I don't know who mapped everything out and, like, realized, like, hey, if you start walking around at around 9 o'clock and get to this point here, it's probably going to be around lunchtime. And that genius, absolute genius. And was quite surprised at the lunch. Like, uh, again, TripAdvisor, a couple bad reviews, but we, we really liked the lunch. The chicken salad was absolutely delicious. I, uh... Took it off my buns because I just wanted the chicken salad and the little uh, veggie veggie packet that yeah. they gave us, which was actually all fresh vegetables. Really yeah, they good. were they were like fresh cut veggies in a little veggie pack. Um, I ate my chicken salad on the bun; it was delicious on the bun. Um, you know, a lot of different choices, you know, soda fountain drinks and chalky milk and. <laughs> oh yeah, they did pizzas there too. So like, yeah. I was pleased with the fare. I mean, like you're. At a roadside attraction kind of deal like you're not going to get gourmet food come on people 
but it was good and it was well it was very well priced like i definitely had no complaints about the price personally i thought the chicken salad was actually delicious like it tasted really good yeah so lunch leads into that's the atrium restaurant um (laughs) and it leads into the music of yesterday which i have to say was one of the more fascinating parts of this um so uh, do you want to tell everybody what basically <laughs> all the rooms are in the music of yesterday? Okay, so this is definitely the place where you want all of the tokens um, because they have the music, the, the instruments are playing themselves basically when you uh, put the coin in the slot and they start going and there's just themed rooms each where you go that played different music except for the one room it was the red room played the same song over and over again yeah but it's just again the scale of these and the scope of these was just monumentally mind-blowing and um was it the first room we come to was the the blue room and it was so pretty Like, it's got this, like, tufted cushion ceiling, and the music's really elegant and absolutely beautiful, and the, like, everything's playing. There are mirrors everywhere, gilded stuff. It looks like something, like, out of Marie Antoinette kind of thing. I wouldn't even say, like, wouldn't even mention, like, that time frame just looks like uh, from the movie, like, Marie Antoinette, Sofia Coppola. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it has that feel to it, that that elegance, that... that we all picture that era being. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderfully gaudy, and I loved it. And I think we stayed there for, like, a couple of times that one played, and then we went on to the next one, the Mikado? Mikado. And that was the the big room with, like, the Asian-inspired lanterns and stuff. Yes, all gold and red. That one played a lot of different songs, and it was so (laughs) bizarre-looking. It's a... we very loosely say Asian inspired. Um, that's because it had like the lanterns, obviously. It had the, the cricket cages and the bird cages. And A statuary. The yeah, the Asian statuary. statuary. With the ladies, when they played the music, the ladies holding the fans would like, they twitch their little Demurely fans. <laughs> hide their faces. And, and again, all of these are instruments. These are violins and cellos and drums and tambourines and gongs and cymbals that are playing themselves like these are automated hurdy-gurdy style contraptions that play classical music themselves and it's overwhelming Uh, the mikado is three stories tall yeah like it's it's huge it's this huge room that you sit there and it's just it's whatever you're picturing your head it's more grandiose than that they have like as you're walking to the different rooms there's like little side nooks and stuff and some of them have like old-fashioned music player machines like some of them were photographs some of them were like the old i actually forget what they're called uh, the disc um oh, there, yeah. there's like gigantic music boxes um there's just displays that you could see um we walk through a little bit of a, like a townish kind of thing but then you're back to music stuff oh but that townish thing had your absolute favorite ah, storefront in it <laughs> they had a they had a dentist there with it was supposed to be painless dentistry with the, the new gas and I had a whole bunch of antique dental stuff which I took a million pictures of and then remarked that their uh, plaster work on their dental mold was bad <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to like make them a new one um, but yeah then uh, we got to one of my favoriteists 
uh, the Red Room. No, the first was the Blue Danube Room. Blue, Blue Danube Room was fun, but I was like, yeah, it's okay. It's See, cute. I really liked that one. That you one was that one? that one was three stories tall, kind of looms over you. It wasn't as deep a room, so it sort of towers over you and had Mr. and Mrs. Claus. Yeah, but in blue, <laughs> not red. So bizarre. But uh yeah, but that one was that was cool. And then that led into the red room. Which, which was was just something else. There was like random art installations. They had a huge towering um like was uh what are they called they're not symbols or they had symbols there too oh they had cathedral bells it it had um gongs it had what is the one thing you hit that it go oh (laughs) oh, yeah the little yeah they had huge chimes like just everywhere there was like a full carriage being pulled by like lions like lions with horns like i don't know what it was or tigers with horns and again louis the 14th styling yeah like in gold and white and red i lots of red lots of red like a whole bunch of red um i had mentioned to the people that they wanted to step forward um because they were standing back i mean you want to step forward and look up because the ceiling was super high and there were inlaid angels like hanging out in these little culverts it was just like what in the world i probably could have stood there for hours and not seen everything in this area just because it was just so intricate there was so much and it was so big and uh dance of the sugar plum fairies yes that's what it plays so you over know, over. yeah tchaikovsky picture that in your head uh, <laughs> again you need tokens to get these to play though so spend the dollar get the four tokens but get a ton of them to start with yeah, this one when we first saw it um, it wasn't playing. We put a token in, we waited, and we waited, and it didn't play, and I was really, really, really upset. Uh, we walked around the corner, and we're doing some stuff, and Matthew's like, that's the red room, and I'm like, you sure? He's like, yes, and like, we go running back, and like, we, uh, we saw a guy there, and he was actually fixing it for us, and I'm glad that he heard heard, because there was the other room, too, that we weren't sure if it was playing, and we got to see both of the rooms, because the guy just fixed it. He says sometimes the, the tokens stick a little bit, but they have somebody going around just checking things, so I was like, yay! <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was impressive. Like, it really, again, what we're describing to you, just, I mean, <laughs> 50-foot vaulted ceilings, this thing is... is 100 feet from end to end 30 feet deep filled with hundreds of instruments and a carriage like you said being pulled by tigers and you don't notice the carriage (laughs) being pulled by tigers at first like i'm trying to describe this in a way that that you guys will see it in your mind it's very very opulent and they actually uh compound the facts or the effect with mirrors yes it makes it look even bigger it's just it's so much it's so cool Yes, so that's the Red Room, and then a little bit of random Asian collecting art. Yeah, oh yeah, there was a lot uh, of, like, they had some the cork sculptures and things yeah. like that, too. It's it's kind of odd, like, every, every corner of this place is packed with displays that have huge collections in them. Nothing has, if there's one item for a thing, there's 50 of that item. Like, it's not... It's just astounding. It's not hoarding, it's curated, it's gorgeous it's just random and cool and not all of this was originally his like he did like to collect things but 
like when it started to become more of an attraction he actually started to ask if people had things and they would donate and like there were full collections that people just gave him so this isn't all his stuff originally it just kind of like grew it was its own it was its own organic thing yeah and it has grown <laughs> a lot so um the music of yesterday then empties into the spirit of aviation which is a a small room for this place it's probably 20 by 20 but 40 foot vaulted ceiling in it <laughs> yeah like you look up it's just a bunch of like larger model airplanes just hanging on the ceiling and we did some uh we danced a yeah. lot in the oh room. we did we because it's it's music from the 40s like war era swing music and so we did a little swing dancing there uh which was delightful you're you're a wonderful partner oh thank you there was a cute little soda shop thing in there, and mm. there was, like, a, a lot of articles about aviation. The room wasn't that, like, as compared to all the other rooms, this room wasn't very big, but it was super cute. It was a nice little place. They had a couple benches you could just chill out and some water yeah. and just, you know. Yeah, and that sort of transitions you into um, the next room, which is <laughs> the most, prob- arguably the most famous part of the House on the Rock. Yeah. Um and so you you turn a, you walk up a ramp and you turn a corner and walk into the carousel. Important to note that once again, we have not gone outside at any point during this description. <laughs> uh, the carousel, I think, is actually one of the largest indoor carousels, and the carousel itself does not contain a single horse. No, it it claims to be the largest carousel anywhere indoor or outdoors oh wow uh if i remember correctly it has 267 animals on it Uh, and they aren't just on the carousel either like there are animals lining the walls and remember the walls are really really high and there's angels everywhere on the ceiling just floating around yeah like just floating around well the walls are all the horses the walls are literally (laughs) lined without any space between them with carousel horses hundreds and hundreds of carousel horses and again it's just photos don't do it justice and descriptions don't do justice just the sheer size of all of the stuff in here and just again with like the red lanterns and there's so many lanterns in this place like i i asked one of the uh, caretakers if they knew how many lanterns were in the entirety of the house on the rock and they said they have no idea i know that they had counted how many lanterns were on the um carousel itself i'm not sure yeah, I forgot at that the moment number. um but it was it's a ridiculous number a utterly ridiculous tens number. Of, tens of thousands yeah like just there's so many so much so many bulbs and i can't imagine just the upkeep for just like if yeah. a light bulb's out <laughs> like there's so many light bulbs and the carousel's like six animals deep mm-hmm. it's got to be 100 feet across in diameter you can't ride it it just goes by yeah you stand you can't even walk all the way around it you you, about a half of it is is in view at any given time but it's fully running all the time and it's just centaurs and rabbits and dogs and cats and mermaids mermaids and and a weird dude wearing a suit of armor that looks like a cat but he's also half centaur like it's just (laughs) so weird (laughs) crazy bizarre super amazing Yes, and um, I do believe they actually did film part of the American Gods in that room, though. Like that, they'd actually get permission to film part of the the show in there. I would hope so. We haven't seen it yet, but I would hope so because how would you ever replicate that somewhere else? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's astounding and impressive and lit all with those red lanterns. Like, it's just, ah, oh, wow. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and also all the music in there is being played by automated instruments that are hanging all around the outside of the room. So, yeah, there's that too. Uh, and then you walk through a giant open gaping mouth um, uh, that I forget what they call. And, and that the carousel is technically the end of section two. And that leads you into... Uh, through the devil's throat <laughs> um, into the next room, which was the organ room. The steampunk wet dream. Yes. Holy crap. Holy crap. So I think, like, I love, I love the red room. I love all the towns. But this room was something else. Like, again, defies description other than steampunk wet dream. It's like organs it has um, stuff from distilleries. It has stuff from old steam engines. It's just everywhere. And it's built like you're on this gigantic steamship, kind of almost, with bridges. And like it's just huge. Huge. It's, it's an airplane hangar. It's, but it's pitch. It, it's dark. It's all inside. There are no windows. It's all lit with those red lanterns again. And there's, like, another part of a little town below, too. Like, you kind of have to go around all the this, this steampunky clocks and, and all the steam engine stuff, and you go down to another little town. But, like, just, again, cannot describe the scope yeah. when, of how big it is. Yeah, when she says you got to go around the clocks, not a collection <laughs> of clocks, this is walking past a two-and-a-half-story tall clock, which is operated by cannonballs falling through it. <laughs> not water. Like, it what... Was- so cool like this this was probably one of my favorite rooms like uh just because of the sheer size and just it looked so unusual and nifty and like again fantastical uh, yeah yeah that's a really perfect word for it yeah definitely steampunk wet dream if you ever want to do like a really seriously awesome photo shoot looking like you're on a, a steamship that this is the place to do it oh my goodness it's so huge yeah. <laughs> just wood and polished copper and just ah, every it just and and the path winds around and over and through and bridges and scaffold like it's it's this is the room that you can't describe to someone. Yeah. You have to actually be there. Pictures don't do it justice. Video doesn't do it justice. You have to be there. I thought it was absolutely beautiful and just so neat looking. Um, I loved the little town in there. Was it just like downstairs? I think we found the little hat shop down there. Yeah. Um, ladies, ladies garments and hat shop. So I had to get lots of pictures in front of that because hats. Um, Lots it's, of cool sculptures in there. Oh, yeah. The, your favorite sculpture was actually in the middle of the, yeah. the whole shebang with yeah. the, like, cluster of the red lanterns and things like that. But it was it's so cool. <laughs> and well planned again that the organ room, you go about halfway through, or three quarters of the way through it, and then you step outside to Inspiration Point where there's a couple of restrooms, which again have weird displays in them. Like, the men's room has a bunch of taxidermied, like, mountain lions and stuff in it over the urinals. The ladies' room was garden-themed loosely with, like, pink seats and had, like, belly dancer mannequins up on the top and was covered in grassy kind of things. But, yeah, you get to, like, go out. It looks like there used to be a little cafe there, um, and you can go outside, you know, smoke break if you needed to, um, just kind of relax for a little while and then go back into the dark. Yeah, it also has a path that goes out called Inspiration Point where you can look up 
at the infinity bridge that you're the infinity room that you had walked on before and see what that looks like from down below. And the rock, I think, that inspired the whole thing, too, is right there. I believe you're right. Where he used to do his picnics. Yeah. And then you duck back in, and you're back inside the organ room, but now on ground level instead of up above. Um, you go through the last little bit of the that room, which, again, is just astounding. Um, and that takes you into the doll carousel room. Oh, creepy. That's creepy. That's very creepy. We'll just we'll gloss over that part because it's creepy. Just, <laughs> there's a lot of souls trapped in that room. <laughs> but it does, does make sense to go through there because the next part is all of the, the doll houses, isn't it? Correct. Correct. Or is the circus room nope. first? Dollhouse room Dollhouse first. rooms first. Okay. Um, so I think it just seemed like he asked, hey, can everybody make me a dollhouse and just give it to me? <laughs> because there's so many dollhouses there. Hundreds. Hundreds of dollhouses. We had fun peeking in all the windows of the dollhouses and seeing the... I, ha- I have a thing for tiny food. If I haven't mentioned it before, I absolutely adore tiny food and tiny like dishware and tiny things. Um, but tiny food's the, the most of it. So, like, I was just squeeing at, like, little dioramas that they had under glass and, like, the stuff in the houses. So I was like, eee! <laughs> this part was really, really fun. Yeah. It was, and, it, and they're well displayed, too. There's a lot of parts where the path curves back around so you get to see the front and the back of the dollhouse. So you get to see it from the front, look, peek through the windows, and then you get to see the open back. And The one bad thing about this room is they had an old gramophone. Oh, God. And the gramophone, they haven't changed the cylinder on it. And I don't know how long. And the cylinder's worn out. And if you've never heard an old wax cylinder worn to bits, it sounds so creepy. <laughs> like, so creepy. And people would be like, ooh, I think I could put my token in. And we're like, uh-oh. <laughs> so, like, every 15 minutes or so that we're in there, we just hear the... Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so creepy. <laughs> so creepy. Um... So the creepy dollhouses, well, beautiful dollhouses with creepy music, um, led into the circus room, which was just, again, a staggering collection. Um, Two dozen miniature circus tents. Yeah, they're really big circus tents, really small circus tents, like itty-bitty miniatures, like elephants, trapeze artists, everything you could possibly think of at a circus, up to including the sideshow and the dining tent, were all on display, made by different artists in different scales, and every type of um, transport for circuses on display in the display cases, like all their trucks. Some of them were on trains. They had different like names. It was just like circus overwhelming, including paddle boat, steam like oh, riverboat like, circuses. Yeah, that's right. Which I did not know was a thing. There was apparently like the riverboat circuses. You'd go on the riverboat. There would be a circus on the riverboat. You'd watch it, and then you'd go home. Like, didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. So if you know about this thing, like, please comments. Oh, like, and send us in a direction to find out about it. Yeah. Another weird thing, like as we went to the next part with that, like, didn't think this would go with it, but they had like the carriage wheels from the the circus. Um, oh yeah. Uh, on display but in the cases as you walk up around this really weird display for circus stuff um in the larger room were diamond store or jewelry store diamond displays yeah like these little again dioramas i keep using that word because there's no other description for these um of 
cartoon characters, Disney characters, like little things happen, like people mining and it's saying like, you know, you'd be better to get her a diamond. And there were so many of them. So many. And I guess they were for like storefront windows to like attract people into the jewelry shops in like the 20s or 30s. if, If I had any complaint about this place, and it's a small one, it's that... It's a collection, not a museum. Oh, yeah. So there, there isn't a lot in a way of, like, describing what you're looking at. Um, <laughs> so you just get to admire it and wonder about it. <laughs> Which is fun in and of itself, at yeah. least for me. I, I agree. Um, so then that circus room tops off at the top with the audio animatronic orchestra <laughs> playing is, instruments. You could hear them blink. Oh, yeah. In between songs, they'd sit there and blink at you. <laughs> Creepy. Um, and that led into the galleries. Um, oh yeah. Holy moly. This was really unexpected just because it kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, there was a bunch of like antique firearms on display again, but these were all in cases. Like I honestly can't imagine how much this collection cost because these are all obscure, like, derringers and like blunderbusses and like some of them were like knife and fork pistols um axe pistols and like a pistol you could hide in your leg demurely like if you had a wooden leg and it's just like dueling sets yeah the most random pistol sets you could possibly think of through history were in this room yeah and And from from like flintlock all the way up through like old west basically and this is not a small hallway it's not a small display they're about like what three rows up and down i'd say four tall four cases tall and it's a really long hallway and there was just so many of them it was just like what in the world like they all look like they belong in a museum and then that led into the the artwork all the the asian artwork with the cork sculptures and oh that's where the cork sculptures were yeah. yeah Uh, and that was astounding. And then that led into more medieval stuff, suits of armor. <laughs> um, you were looking at the all the crown jewel reproductions. Yeah, there is a big display of the crown jewel reproductions. I'm like, there is, this isn't real. Why did they do this? There's hot glue on this. It's very upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> but still impressive in that was, like yes. most of us will never see the crown jewels. So. Actually, I thought it was kind of fun too because they even like had little displays of well, you know what type of cuts there were for like the diamonds and sapphires yeah, and things like true. that. And it was actually rather informative and yeah. interesting because like Matthew pointed out, nobody's ever going to be able to see it possibly in their lifetime. Like, well, you possibly could, but just like most people won't go to England no. to go see it. So I enjoyed it. There's some of the ground jewels you'll never see. <laughs> um, and then that led back into the doll carousel room, but now three to four stories <laughs> up. These, these doll carousels are six stories tall with hundreds of dolls riding miniature. Like, it's just, it's... Creepy. Really creepy. Um, and then the, the doll room leads back into the second story of the carousel room. Ah, yes. Um, so you get another view of the, the main carousel. You get to look down on it and see more of the angels and see stuff up close. It was just really pretty. Yeah, and then um, after that, mm-hmm. yeah, we went outside because they have the there's the tea garden out there too, which yeah. I thought was really pretty. The Japanese garden um, with the pond and the waterfall. Yeah, that was really popular. You have to stay on the path, obviously, because otherwise you're gonna fall and hurt yourself. Um, yeah, and so that's that's House on the Rock. <laughs> 
and we did two days of this and I feel like there was stuff that we missed. Oh, because the second day, um, we actually didn't see them the first day. There are the four horsemen of the apocalypse just chilling out. Oh, up yeah. Up on the ceiling. At the top of the doll carousel. And we did not catch them the first day. So, you know, there's so much stuff that we missed. There's there's stuff everywhere. So we got a good picture of them because it's like, where, where were they yesterday? Yeah. Apparently they weren't there, but hey. <laughs> so, um, nice to note, uh, any tokens that you have left, you can use in the gift shop. They'll buy them back from you, um, which is pretty cool. And uh, that kind of wraps up House on the Rock. Yeah. Um, definitely, like you said, it's not entirely wheelchair accessible. Also, the right. floors are somewhat uneven. It is dark. It is a little bit claustrophobic. Um, I don't want to dissuade you from going because I think it's amazing and wonderful. But be aware if you have trouble with your footing, maybe take a cane, take a walking stick, something like that. Yeah, this is it was a lot of, of trekking to do. Um, they do have areas in parts that'll actually let you know what is and is not wheelchair accessible. There are areas that they do have small elevators. The main house itself, there is absolutely no way that they could restructure it to make it wheelchair friendly whatsoever. Um, but they have actually tried a lot to make things pretty accessible for, for people as much as they can um, without completely destroying uh, parts of it. Um, so I thought that was really awesome. They do let you know what you can and can't see. Um, the second day, we did Jimmy's for breakfast. Yep. Um, and we ooh, the Grumpy Troll. Yeah, we went to dinner. Um, we found this really cool little town. Um, we're going to say it wrong. Mount Horb, H-O-R-E-B. Uh, it is the troll capital of the world. <laughs> um, Self-proclaimed troll capital of the world. We doubt that, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, we actually, like, went there for um, the, the Grumpy Troll. Yep, brew pub. Excellent. I found a gluten-free beer. You did, it, which was excellent. It was really, really tasty. The food there was really, really good. Um, we also... Uh, went around the town and uh, found their gift shop, which was super cute. Um, we visited a couple of the trolls. <laughs> so that was, um, that wrapped out day two. Mm-hmm. Went home, got some sleep. Um, the next day we got up. Uh, no, that, that was day one at the end of House on the Rock. We went to the Grumpy Troll, yeah. The Grumpy Troll, day, day two, two, we went back. Back to the, yeah, that town and, and explored even more. Yeah, there's a, a Norwegian blue brew pub there which oddly has very little norwegian food on the menu i was very disappointed about that yeah. but their um nacho creation is to die for was on the sweet potato chips and skull skull public house skull skull public house yeah um yeah the potato chip ish nacho thingy was really really good but to die for uh i was not terribly impressed by the salad because it had cranberries on and i didn't i missed that that was my fault and i ended up trying to pick all the cranberries off which it was not <laughs> it didn't go well um but yeah, like, yeah, after that, we just kind of wandered around for a little while. Uh, I do have to say that that town, the little troll town, was very, very gay-friendly, um, very inclusive. They had a lot of really awesome, like, Black Lives Matter, and, like, they seemed like a really nice, inclusive little town. I'm not sure what it's like living there, but at least on the outside from us seeing it, we were really, really pleased about that. It's super cute. Absolutely. Um tried to get a, a tarot card reading oh <laughs> we found a cute little witchy shop uh, that the day before we had uh, bought some trinkets and as we were walking we noticed that there was a little sign outside saying that they do psychic readings and we're like oh hey great let's go uh 
go to get a psychic reading and we got there and she's like oh yeah she just left we're like but is that a good sign or a bad sign did she not see us coming or did she see us coming <laughs> yeah no. is it a good thing or a bad thing when you're when the psychic leaves early from the day <laughs> on the day you want to get a reading <laughs> Uh, so yeah, on our uh, last day, the day we were supposed to go home, we kind of fit in a nice little surprise. We did. Um, originally, when I was planning the trip, uh, there is a Frank Lloyd Wright property very close by. Um, I'm hopefully going to pronounce this right. Taliesin? Taliesin? Taliesin. That's it. Taliesin. Um, and uh, when I looked to try to find something, it was totally booked up um, months in advance. Uh, there were no tours available at all whatsoever. And you have to, you must make a reservation ahead of time to do the tour. Um, but Bunny encouraged me to, we at least pulled into the visitor center, which I encourage you guys, even if you're not going to go on the tour, check out the visitor center. Um, and uh, we went in and sure enough, the lady at the front was like, why don't you just go ask and see if any spots have opened up and one opened up. And do you want to tell everyone why you wanted to see this property so badly? <laughs> okay. So aside from it being a really neat piece of architecture, um, I have mentioned on other uh, of our shows that I like uh, murder podcasts. Um and there apparently was something pretty horrific that happened here with um, his mistress, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright's mistress, um, and a bunch of guests and her kids got very brutally murdered at this house. And it's famous for its architecture and that. And I was super curious because of like other podcasts I've listened to about the house describe it in, you know, a very opulent manner. And like it's, you know, one of his own um, houses that he designed for himself so it's like this is like extra added bonus of weirdness along along with it being a frank lloyd wright house so i'm like we always make the jokes about like i like seeing creepy places and things like that i'm not really big on uh i don't know uh some people get kind of weird about it like i don't think like i'd want to go visiting other places like that just like something that might be haunted kind of deal is where i'm kind of more going from yeah what angle so it'll we'll be like oh my god somebody was murdered over there let's go see the thing that got murdered like that i'm not like that so yeah please we, don't think i'm like that we don't want to go see 123 sunnyside street in every town usa where someone got murdered but when you have a frank lloyd wright property that had a at the time extremely highly publicized really spooky past multiple murder in it and then we found out there were more deaths there as well yeah and like a lot not of just fires. the murders like i, I kind of wonder like hey frank if you're not uh, like in the house just maybe rebuild don't set a fire to it because like there, that wasn't the only fire apparently the house was built three different times um the house is beautiful it's really odd um the architecture just kind of spirals out every which way um I think the carriage house and barn was like bigger than the house itself. Yeah. Um, so it's got like, okay, this thing is on 800 acres for one thing. Rolling Hills, absolutely breathtaking. So glad. Like that was a big part of it. Like just, just to see that was absolutely magnificent. Yeah. Um, it sits on the top of the hill. He designed it to not obscure any of the uh, natural surroundings. He kind of like built the house so you could still see the mountains behind it, which was really cool um and just kept adding on to it and doing things to it and changing it along with his students like he just decided one day he needed a bigger bedroom to entertain people in when they came over and asked his students to add on to it so 
Yeah, it was, it was amazing. They kind of described it to us that he used his own house as his test bed. Yeah. So whenever he came up with a new idea, he would test it at this property first. And so it was a constant changing house. He never meant it to be anything permanent. So the first fire was the actual homicide and the caretaker slash butler set the house on fire, unfortunately, with people in it. Um, After uh, taking an axe to them. Yes. Um, but he, um, didn't want to lose the fact that, like, a tragedy had happened, so part of the house actually got built on top of the part that got burned, so you can actually still see, like, um, timber. Oh, yeah, there's, there's burned and scorched roof timbers and things like that that he's very carefully displayed in places, um, which I think is actually really cool. And, oh, I'm gonna actually forget, what was it, the little parts of the blossoms of the soul blossoms of the soul hidden about the house from like they were left over from the old house um the second time it caught fire was supposedly an electrical fire it completely burned down to the ground uh parts of it um a few were left and he rebuilt again um also someone died in that fire too yeah um they added a balcony um, from the first fire, because apparently a few people had unfortunately jumped to their deaths trying to escape the fire. Um, other parts were added due to the fact that other people couldn't get up to the fire. So this is like, the, the house has a lot of creepy tragedy surrounding it, but it's, it's really pretty. Yeah, I mean, all that aside, it is a gorgeous... I'm not a Frank Lloyd Wright fan, per se. Like, I grew up around Falling Water. I never really liked it. This was a really beautiful house and a, and a lot of really cool architecture to it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I was really glad we went because it was just—it was very unique looking, and just uh, the view was just yeah. amazing. Um, it used to be on a lot more acreage when his family had owned it, but like I guess after his he passed away and his family had passed away, it remained derelict for some reason yeah. uh, for a really long time. And well, the family the, did, ran out of money; they were in financial uh, issues right, yeah. for a while. Um, and then now the historic society and uh, owns it as well as the architectural school and they do a lot of really fun things with it it's 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 cool it's it, that's again also very much worth the visit and a lot of people get house on the rock confused with the, the frank lloyd wright house yeah. as well and it, it leads to hilarity at least for my important to note too um if you are a frank lloyd wright fan this is one of the houses he lived in also this is the house that is in the era he grew up in like he grew up in this valley in wisconsin like this is his hometown um there's a lot of other properties in the area that he designed there's a school there's a couple other houses like yeah there's a, he's also uh, well was buried there oh that's such a weird story too his uh last wife decided after she passed away she wanted him dug up and cremated with her and the ashes scattered because apparently she didn't want him buried near his mother and his mistress. Yep. Which is why apparently if you see a bumper sticker that says Frank Lloyd Wright, get your ash back to Wisconsin, <laughs> it's because they spread his ashes in Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of uh, kind of interesting. Hmm. So we saw that. Um, that was the two-hour tour mm -hmm. uh, for those of you who might go see. They have a one-hour tour, they have a two-hour tour, and they have a four-hour walking tour. Which you get lunch on. Yes. Um... So the two-hour tour was excellent. Very knowledgeable guides. Oh, um, yeah. Loved listening to her. So um, then we headed back to the airport from oh, there. We went on an airplane. <laughs> but once again, you did, you did marvelously for someone who hates heights and airplanes. 
And then uh, we finally got home at ass o'clock in the morning. Yes. Yes, indeed. And uh, that kind of wraps up our trip to Wisconsin. Any little pat, like parting notes you want to pass on to anybody? And uh, do not misses. Well, it, I mean, the whole thing is yeah, do not miss. The whole thing is do not miss, at least from my end. If you like weird, eclectic oddities stuff, this is the place to go. Um, it did not disappoint. I, I highly recommend going. It's super duper fun and tell more people about the weirdness that is House on the Rock. Yes. And go on the weekdays. Because it's oh, far more busy on the weekends. Definitely go on the weekdays. And uh, definitely stay at the Don Q Inn. Yes. So Don Q Inn, big thumbs up. House on the Rock, big thumbs up. Um, yeah. And uh, this is Humble Brag. And we don't like to brag. But we get around.